Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Portable Magic Dispenser, a podcast for your school, library, public library, or whatever. My name is Lucas Maxwell, and I am the librarian here at Glenthorne High School. And today, I'm going to be talking to you about Dungeons and Dragons and its impact on literacy. Um, hopefully, this will be useful to you. Um, I have discussed this a little bit. I have a uh, this is a self. Uh, selfish and uh, shameless self-promotion. I have a book coming out in March here in the UK and worldwide, uh, probably just after that, called Let's Roll with Facet Publishing. Um, And it's all about Dungeons & Dragons, tabletop role-playing, and it's really a guide for public and school librarians or anybody could be an academic librarian if you're going to run it and it goes through many different things so I'll run through chapter by chapter very quickly um, it the first the first section is all about um, convincing or pitching it to senior leadership and management if you need to so what are the benefits and I'm going to talk about the benefits today of course as well um, it so what are the benefits to it um, that it brings and I'm going to and there are many uh, the other thing is I go I have an interview with um, a medical uh, professional named Katie Lear who uses D&D as therapy and I talk about the mental health and well-being benefits and from Katie's um, I should say Dr. Lear's uh, discussion and other sources that I have used so I have a lot of uh, references and a lot of sources I've used in this in this book to discuss the mental health and well-being because I'm not a professional mental health expert or anything like that, but I'm seeing a lot of things, okay? Um, So I go through all that. So if there's something, and then I have um, case studies by by different librarians and a template case study by another librarian in the public library sphere in um, just out of Chicago and the U.S. and uh, she's provided her template that she gave to her senior leadership, and that's been really helpful. So that's in the book. And then I go into how to promote it, how to bring students in, uh, how to get, bring in patrons if you're in the public library. Um, you might not need to promote it. <laughs> I don't need to anymore. I did at the beginning a little bit, but now I don't have to. And now it's exploded. So I have. So I'm running two sessions a week myself with the same students I've been running it with for about three years. Um, And one of those students runs it twice a week on two other days in another room for, so she's uh, 16, or they are 16, I should say, and they're running it with uh, 13 and 14-year-olds. I have a 15-year-old who also runs it uh, once a week after school in the library um, for 11-year-olds. And I have a, a 17-year-old student who now runs it after school and on another day for um, 12, 11- and 12-year-olds. So in theory, I've got about 30 kids playing D&D at different times throughout the week. And that's a good number because if I was to run a program like a, a quiz, say, or a you know manga club, Really, thirty is the number that I'm looking for because that's like the number of seats I've got in the by the tables. That's the number of seats I've got at the computer area. Uh, I mean, we could have more, but thirty is a good number. So I don't really feel like 
there was not criticism, but there's there's people who say, well, it's very you can only have a low number of kids take part, therefore it leaves a lot of kids out. Well, it I understand that, but it it's it's still bringing in we're still offering it up to a, a large number of kids really at this point. Um, <laughs> so I mean, we could run it for hundreds of others probably, but it's hard. It's hard to do. We're only one with space. We're not actually that large. This library is not really massive. So, um, so we're running it a lot. And so that's what I, how do I bring kids in? What do you need? That's the next section in the book. What items you need and what, um, uh, you know, what to do on like a, a session zero, I should say, which is like the first session you have. Um, there's many different things you can do at a session zero, but creating characters, setting the ground rules. And I also run through like alternatives to D&D in case it's too um, uh, overwhelming or not overwhelming per se, but I found it very overwhelming personally when I first started. But simply... Um, if it's too uh, time consuming there are many D&D tabletop role playing games or, uh, that aren't so time consuming that you can that require almost no setup so those I would really recommend um, so there's that and so today I mean I'm going to talk quickly about D&D and literacy um, there's a lot of evidence to show that it does help actually increase uh, literacy there's um, an article, and I'll share it on the uh, in the notes um, that showed there was these students in uh, Texas who um, were in grade nine. So was that like year ten, I think, in, in the UK, who outperformed their district on a statewide standardized test, and they all had one thing in common, and that was that they were all members of the D and D club. Now, people might say that the club only draws in brightest students who are already going to do that, but many of the students um, had histories of struggling with academics, so um, people felt like the simple you know, answer was that playing D&D does help you in that area and help actually makes you smarter, which is like a strong statement, but this is the article I was discuss- discussing. Um, the thing is, it's it's again. I've talked about this before, but it's hard to quantify the the social nature of D and D and how it's so enriching in that way, um, and how it can like build on these um, emotional skills, um, which then can help can be applied to uh, learning in general. And that that's discussed. Um, I guess those are called soft skills. Um, but it can also directly benefit kind of these core academic um, competencies. Um, for me, uh, what I've seen, um, emotional and kind of social, has been quite um, astounding, to my, in my opinion. I have a few students who are now um, 14, 13 and 14 years old, and I've known them since they were 11 in the library. And to be honest, I would have struggled big time to get a book in their hands. Um, simply because they just said they didn't like to read, didn't want to read, didn't have any interest in it. And I would would have struggled. Um, 
And I think if you stop them now, even in the corridor, and said, Did you, do you like to read? The answer still might be no, or a shrug of the shoulder, or I guess, do you like to read for fun? You know. But I guarantee you, <laughs> if you came in the library break and lunch, there they would be... Um, pouring over these D&D rule books, Player's Handbook, Monsters of the Multiverse, Monsters Manual, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, Xanthlyer's Guide to Everything, uh, Campaign Book, Storm King's Thunder, Tomb of Annihilation. <laughs> um, they are reading voraciously. And not only are they reading, um, they are they're internalizing it and analyzing it. They're questioning it. They're comprehending it, and they're coming up to me going, oh, sir, can you, this means this, right? Can you explain that? Yeah, this this is how this works. This is how this character works. Can you explain this? I don't understand. Some of them are, these are students who maybe, in my opinion, in library lessons, so they would come in for the library lessons, were disengaged. Um, maybe not showing any kind of like just a bit apathetic already at age 11 and 12 a little bit apathetic about what was happening <laughs> and D&D has been like a light switch and I've never seen these students more engaged um, they have created a social circle as well around this and this is another thing I talked about recently on an interview I was interviewed by the CBC um about the book and about D&D. When you're in high school, or any, you know, even any school, I can remember it, a, a year makes a big difference. A year age difference is huge when you're 11, 10, 11, 12, whatever. It's huge. Um, and you wouldn't normally, wouldn't dream of seeing a 17-year-old hanging around a 13-year-old what we call sixth form here, you know, years 12 and 13, wouldn't hang around a year nine usually. I mean, I just think the social dynamics of life in schools, the social pressure that you that you have to, to be cool or whatever, not to be uh, seen to be making a mistake in a social setting. And, you know, being friendly with someone younger than you is kind of would when I was a kid, and it was seen as like you didn't do that. Um, the older kids, we were scared to death of them because we were like eleven, ten, eleven, and had nineteen-year-olds in our school because of the way the school worked. And there was a very real chance you could be dragged to the senior wing and have your head stuck in a toilet, and uh, that has happened. I mean, um, that I mean that's old school. Getting the flush, I think they called. I called it. Um, anyway, I'm getting off track. D&D takes that away. I've got 17-year-old students running sessions being Dungeon Masters for 11-year-olds. And they are hanging off their every word. They are asking them questions. They are coming in the library and hanging out at break and lunch to discuss their characters and their campaign. And that's what I'm trying to get at here. This is really unheard of, in my opinion, in other library programs that I've run in other library in other school settings it just doesn't happen maybe in drama music and that's kind of what the arts does it, it brings together people no matter what 
in my this is my opinion I'm not some sort of sociologist <laughs> um, socially it has had a massive impact in this school and I can see it these kids I know that they hang out now after school they've told me they've created like um, discord groups to discuss the campaigns that they're in they have a discord group to discuss the campaign that I'm unleashing on them <laughs> twice a week um, they are creating so we had an author visit at the last podcast this, if you listen to the last podcast I talk about an author visit with someone named Alex Fawkes and what the students did when she visited was two, two year 11 students um, so two 16 year old students made a D&D homebrew adventure just for her to play with us um, so it was students and Alex Fawkes and myself and they and then two student DMs who were running the show and I don't think we stopped laughing for two hours it was a two hour session she very grace, graciously stayed behind to do it and amazing, it was amazing um, but the creativity that you have to put into to make a homemade, home-brewed Dungeons & Dragons adventure is off the charts, really. Yes, you can borrow from here and there, but you have to employ improvisational skills, mathematics, creation. They had to be a team. I've never co-DM'd anything together, and they were perfect. One, they were doing character voices. It was a drama lesson. It was a math lesson. It was a creative writing session. It was a team-building exercise, and it was a huge amount of fun because of the work that they put in. Um, I think if you have this kind of, like, compassionate, encouraging atmosphere, this kind of engaging environment that the library is, there's no judgment. We were completely there to do D&D. There was no... Everybody was there for the same reason. There was no... Um, nobody was feeling self-aware, which is what school does I think it makes you painfully self-aware of your own shortcomings when you're surrounded by people who you think are better than you or who act better than you or who make you feel other or who make you feel lesser than you should um, and that's another thing that D&D &D does is that it removes all that uh, and these kids are creating their own characters, they're writing their own stories. So back to these boys who claim they didn't like to read, not only are they reading every single day, um, I put a message on the board. I always put this, I have this whiteboard. Uh, as you come down the steps of the library and I always ask a question, maybe once a week or sometimes not, not so often, but the question I have up there right now is, uh, what's the, what's been your favorite book you've read this year so far? And immediately, one of those boys, I'm sure, I don't see who wrote it, someone just wrote D&D &D Player's Handbook. And that made me laugh hard because that is perfect example of the impact that D&D &D has had. They have poured over this book. And, and the, dungeon, uh, the Dungeon Master's <laughs> Guide and to create these worlds, some of them, and to create characters. So not only are they reading, they're creating these characters and they are writing backstories for them. 
They're writing stories about where they've come from, where they've been, where they want to go, their aspirations, their flaws, their connections to other characters, their connections to other campaigns. It's quite amazing to to read them. Um, And sometimes they're straight up hilarious. So uh, we had, yeah, yesterday um, in the library, we had one student who made a zombie who was a a gym rat, for lack of a better term. It was a zombie who was obsessed with pumping iron and always told everybody that they needed to work out. It was like an Arnold... If Arnold Schwarzenegger from the 70s was a zombie, um, uh, it was hilarious. And I'm going to steal that. I'm going to tell them I'm going to steal it. I'm going to put it in a book or something that I'm going to write for them. I mean, it'll never see the publication, (laughs) but... It'll be for them, I think. It'll be a funny thing. And these are the things that happen with D&D. It's just a massive world, a massive cauldron of creativity. Um, Last but not least, I've got this. I've got a student who I would say, and there's been a couple, who have struggled. I mean, some students, I can tell, maybe have had struggles with things in the past. And I'm not saying D&D is some sort of cure or some sort of um, fix-all. But I know for one student in particular, it has been, um, and they've told me this, a huge safety net uh, and a huge sense of comfort and a huge um, anxiety reducer. And what I mean by that is that... um, the student wasn't part of the D&D group but seemed to show interest so they were immediately um, folded into this loving group that seems to be friends and just hangs out together all the time and they just kind of sat and watched for a long time and now they play all the time and now they're um, they're, they're a dungeon master themselves here in the library creating these environments and I mean, it is amazing. This student, um, in particular, uh, I would say, didn't say very much uh, to anyone um, here in the library, anyway, uh, for quite a while. And I know D and D has helped them um, be uh, expressive and creative, and to have these students kind of hanging off their every word and listening to them and this this student who maybe a year or two ago wasn't very verbal with anybody is now doing voices in the library um this is like a collaborative world building exercise that involves storytelling uh decision making um there's a lot of research there's a lot of calculation non-mathematical calculation you need to determine okay if they if these you don't have a clue as a dungeon master what students are going to do or what players are going to do but you have to kind of anticipate if they do this this will happen if they do this there's negotiation skill building not everything's a fight not everything in D is taking a sword out and chopping someone's head off and that does happen (laughs) but my experience with the students has been that they would rather talk their way out of a situation. We had an instance where a couple of weeks ago, 
We have students who discovered that there were some hags in my campaign who are pie bakers. The pies are poison, okay, straight up poison. But they decided, well, the hags have the factory, quote unquote, which is basically a building, that to make the pies, we're going to take over the pie empire and make good pies and make the whole thing is like, how can we make it? How can we be rich? Um, they want to build a pie empire and this is their obsession and it's hilarious to me. Um, and I love it. Uh, so they went there to negotiate a business deal, a transaction, a takeover, like a business takeover in many ways or partnership more is what they, how they described it. But they made one fatal flaw. Um, the fact that these, a couple of fatal flaws. A, these are hags um, who aren't interested in business deals or money per se. They're interested in cooking and eating children. I mean, that's dark. That's what hags do. Think of Hansel and Gretel. This is what you're dealing with here. This is the D&D version. <laughs> this is a hag coven. They're living together and they're causing chaos and they're deadly horrible creatures and here come these players that want to do a business deal now i was going to allow them to to do some kind of deal but one of the players a rogue who quite rightly plays the rogue as a rogue would be a rogue likes to sometimes steal things um this rogue decided to look in the oven and what was in the oven a freshly baked thing of set of pies 12 pies so she took the pies um and then went upstairs in the room and realized that well, maybe i shouldn't have taken the pies out of the oven maybe we should there was they hadn't had a discussion with the hags yet the hags were upstairs they snuck in they took the pies and they started to go upstairs and realized the hags were up there I'm like, well, we better go back down and re return the pies. And I asked this rogue a very specific question. How do you return the pies? And he goes, I just shoved them back in the oven. When the hag came downstairs, the pies are her livelihood. They do make money to survive off it. They're not making rich, but they make a gold piece per pie. And they go down to check on the pies. And while they're they're discussing the stuff with the with the players, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, we are making pies. They're lying to them the whole time, obviously. Um, she opens the oven, and here are these pies just a mess in the oven, piled on top of each other. And they're like, I just turned in the, in the hag voice to the student, have you been meddling with my pies? <laughs> and they, they tried to lie their way out. But it, it didn't work, and this... It, made them suspicious they asked them to leave they refused to leave and a fight broke up but there was some negotiation before that all about pie business and things like that and the students were taking it very seriously um so there's all these negotiation skills of course role playing there's spatial visualization <laughs> visualization going on um yes it's a fantasy world but everything can be derived from the real world um it is quite interesting to see so you're using geography um there's so the the in philosophy and mythology the students who made the dm the the, the adventure for the for the author alex fawkes they based everything off as um from Isla, uh, icelandic uh, folklore 
and they took these characters from this from Iceland that are embedded in their mythology and created D and D a D and D city, uh, and the characters were bizarre and hilarious and as any kind of these folklore mythological creatures are. And it was awesome. They just decided to make an entire city full of uh, Icelandic creatures. And, yeah, it was amazing. So there's no, again, there's no kind of way to quantify the impact this has because, yes, they're reading and they're writing and creating, but it's pure joy is pure anxiety reducing joy it's scheduled fun um they're placing themselves in someone else's shoes and having fun for an hour or two in the library so that's why you should always run a D club and this is why you know very horribly self-promoting you should buy that book my book when it comes out i would really appreciate it you can pre-order it you can pre-order. I talk about this kind of stuff very openly and honestly and candidly. Um, how do you pre-order it? Best way is to go to my Twitter handle. I've got the link right there on the pinned tweet, and I am at Lucas J Maxwell. You can find it there. Uh, that's all I've got. I hope that was helpful, and I'll talk to you later. Take care. Bye.